Thank you, Father, for loving us. Thank you for sending your son to die for us. Thank you for the absolute certainty that we have that he paid the penalty for our sins, that he was buried, that he rose again on the third day and is seated at your right hand. These are certainties. We know that he's coming again. We long for his coming. We look with eagerness, but we do not know the when. The important thing is not the when, because the most important day is not the day he comes, it's today. How am I going to use the blessed hope of his return to affect my attitude, my motives, my actions today. I pray that you will help us to get that perspective and let it change our life because there are people out there without Christ, without hope, and without eternal life, and we are on a rescue mission. Help us to play our part. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, in Matthew 24, verse 9, we begin the tribulation period. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. You will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Why is it the nations hate the Jews? Because the Jews were called for a special purpose. By the way, we may as well get into it here. Hold your place and turn to Romans chapter 9. Verse 1, I tell the truth in Christ, I am not lying, my conscience bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit. What do we have in verse 1? Interpretation rules hit you in the face in every verse you read. Never forget the law of three witnesses. Paul is a witness. His conscience is a witness. Christ is a witness. The Holy Spirit is a witness. He is making a solemn oath so that no one will misunderstand how serious he is. That I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ, for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. He makes the same plea Moses made in Exodus 32. If you're not going to deliver them, destroy me. Verse 4, who are Israelites to whom pertains the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises of whom are the fathers and from whom according to the flesh Christ came. By the way, you'll notice something there. How many supernatural blessings and provisions? Eight. Christ is the last. What Paul's saying is God chose a people when he called Abraham and he gave them all these things. By the way, this is going to become important in interpreting the parables. Parables are so messed up in people's minds today. You know, a man called a servant and he gave him his treasure and the guy didn't use the treasure and so he lost the treasure. What was the treasure? Paul's interpreting it right here. Eight things. They were given the eight precious gifts of God that ended with the person of Christ, and when they rejected Christ, they lost them all. Remember the guys in the vineyard? The guy finally sent his son. They said, this is the son, let's kill him, and we get it all. And so they killed him, and what happened? They lost it all. <clears throat> but here's the point that I want you to get. 
Paul is saying that God blessed a unique people, the elect people, the children of Israel, as a special people with a special purpose, having special provisions, and they rejected it all. And Paul says, I am grieved because I know what's coming. Remember 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 13 through 15, wrath to the uttermost. And Paul knew that it was going to happen very soon because Jesus said this generation will not pass away. And Paul carried on his heart and his soul the heavy burden of knowing that the nation he loved, that the people he was a part of, his brethren according to the flesh, were about to be annihilated on the face of the earth. So what does he do? He sets about in Romans 9, 10, and 11, showing not only how it all came about, but where it was all going to lead and how the grace of God would win the victory in the end as he gathered his people to him again. Romans eleven twenty five summarizes the whole process. I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning this mystery that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. The fullness of the Gentiles, referring, of course, to the rapture of the church. We'll deal with that phrase again later on. 